What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Camilla by Joseph Sheridan Nathaniel Chapter 9 The Doctor As Camilla would not hear of an attendant sleeping in a room, my father arranged the servant should sleep outside the door, that she would not attempt to make another such excursion without being arrested at her own, at her own door. <clears throat> that night passed quick, quietly. Next morning, early, the doctor, whom my father had sent for without, for without telling me a word about it, arrived to see me. Madame accompanied me to the library. There, the grave little doctor, with white hair and spectacles, whom I met to before, was waiting to receive me. I told him my story. As I proceeded, he grew graver and graver. We, st- we were standing, he and I, recess of one of the windows, facing one another. When my statement was over, he leaned with his shoulders against the wall, his eyes fixed on me earnestly, an interest in which, in which was a dash of horror. After a minute's reflection, he asked Madame if he could see my father. He sent for, he was sent for accordingly. He, as he entered, smiling, he said, I dare say, Doctor, you're going to tell me that I'm an old fool for having brought you here. I hope I am. His smile faded into shadow. The doctor, with a very grave face, beckoned him to him, beckoned him to him. He and the doctor talked for some time, the same recess, where, I had just conferred with a physician. It seemed an earnest and argumentative conversation. The room is very large, and I and Madame stood together, burning with ferocity, at the farther, at the farther end. Not a word could be here. However, as at all, they spoke in a very low tone. A deep recess of the window quite concealed the doctor from view. Very nearly my father whose foot, arm and shoulder only could we, we see her voices were, I suppose, all or less audible for the short for the sort for the sort of closet which a thick wall and a window formed. After a time my father's face looked into the room. It was pale, thoughtful, I fancied agitated. Dora dear, come here for a moment, madame. We shan't trouble you, the doctor says at present. Accordingly approached for the first time a little alarm, for though I felt very weak, I did not feel ill, and strength once again at once always fancies the thing may be picked up when we please. My father held out his at his he, my father held out his hand to me. As I drew near, he was looking at the doctor, and said and he said, It's certainly very odd. I don't understand it quite, Laura. Come here, dear. Now attend to Dr. Spielberg. And we collect yourself. You'll mention a sensation like that of two needles piercing the skin, somewhere about your neck on the night when you experienced your first horrible dream. Is, it, is there still any soreness? None at all, they answered. 
Can I let you indicate with your finger about the point which you think this occurred? Very little below my throat here, I answered. I wore a morning dress which covered the place I pointed to. Now you can satisfy yourself, said the doctor. You won't mind your papa lowering your dress a little, very little. It's necessary to detect the symptom of the complaint under which you have been suffering. I had quested. It was, it was only an inch or two below the edge of my collar. God bless me. So it is, exclaimed my father, growing pale. You see it now, your own eyes, said the doctor. Let me triumph. What is it? I exclaimed, beginning to be frightened. Nothing, my dear young lady. But it's very, it's very a small blue spot by the side of the tip of your little finger. And now, you continued, turning to Papa, question is, what is best to be done? Is there any danger, I had urged with great trepidation? I trust not. I trust not, my dear, answered the doctor. I wouldn't see why that you should not recover. I don't see why you should not begin immediately to get better. That is the point at which the sense of strangulation begins. Strangulation begins. Yes, I recall, answered. And recollection as well as you can. And recollect as well as you can. The same point was a kind of centre of that thrill which you described just now, like the current of a cold stream running against you. May have, may have been, I think it was. I see, he added, turning to my father. Shall I say a word to madame? Certainly, said my father. He called madame to him and said, I find my young friend here far from well. It won't be any great of great consequence, I hope, but it will be necessary that some steps be taken, which I'll explain by and by. But in the meantime, madame, you'll be so good as not to let Miss Laura be alone for one moment. That is the only direction I can I need give for the present. It's indispensable. You may rely upon your kindness, madame, I know, added my father. Madame satisfied him eagerly. And you, dear Laura? I know you will observe the doctor's direction. I shall have to answer your ask your opinion under another upon another patient whose symptoms slightly resemble those of my daughter that have not been detailed to you, very much milder in degree, but I believe quite the same sort. She is a young lady, I guess, but as you may you say you will be passing this way again this evening. You can't do better than take your supper here, and you can then see her. She does not come down to the afternoon. I thank you, said the doctor. She'll be with you then, about seven this evening. And when they repeated their directions to me, and to Madame, with, and then they repeated their directions to me and my, to Madame, and with this parting charge, my father left us, and walked out with the, doc, with the doctor, so then pacing together up and down, between the road and the malt, malt, moat on the grassy, grassy platform in front of the Black Castle, evidently absorbed in earnest conversation. The doctor did not return, I saw him mount his horse there, take his leave and ride away eastward through the forest. Nearly at the same time I saw the man arrive from Downsfield, the letters and dismount and hand the bag to my father. Meantime Madame and I were both busy, lost in conjecture as to the reasons for the singular and earnest direction which the doctor my father concurred in posing. Madame, as she always, the afterwards told me, was afraid the doctor apprehended a sudden seizure, 
and that without prompt assistance I might either lose my life in a fit or at least be seriously hurt. The interpretation did not strike me. I fancied perhaps, luckily for my nerves, arrangement was prescribed simply to secure a companion who would prevent my taking too much exercise or eating unripe fruit or doing any of those other fifty foolish things for which young people are supposed to be prone. For half an hour after my father came in, he had a letter in his hand and said, His letter had been delayed. It is from General Spildoff. He might have been here yesterday. He may not come till tomorrow. He may not he may be here today. I put a letter, open letter, into my hand. But he did not look pleased, as he looked used. Well, I guess he especially wanted so much blood that General was coming. On the contrary, he looked as if he wished him at the bottom of the Red Sea. There was plainly something on his mind which he did not choose to divulge. Papa, Dolly, will you tell me this? said I, suddenly, laying my hand on his arm, and looking, I was sure, imploringly, in his face. Perhaps, he answered, moving my hair caressingly over my eyes. Does the doctor think me very ill? No, dear. He thinks if right steps are taken, we'll be quite well again, at least on the high road, to complete the recovery a day or two. He answered a little dryly. I wish our good friend, the general, chosen another time. That is, that is, I wish he'd been perfectly well to receive him. But to tell me, but do tell me, Papa, I insisted. What does he think is the matter with me? Nothing that would, that he must not plague me with questions. Nothing, you must not plague me with questions, he answered, with more interrogation than I ever remember him, him to have this way before. I've seen that, I looked wounded, I suppose he kissed me. I added, you shall know all about it a day or two, that is all that I know, meantime you are not to trouble your head about it. He turned and left the room, but came back before, I had done wondering and puzzling over the oddity of all this. He merely to say that he was going to Christenstein, Christenstein, and I was ordered the carriage to be ready at twelve, and I, madame, should accompany him. He was going to see the priest who lived near those picturesque grounds from business. As Camilla had not never seen them, she should follow. When she came down, the Memzer well, who would bring materials for what you call a picnic, which might be laid for us in a ruined castle. At twelve o'clock, accordingly, I was ready, and not long after my father, Madame, and I set out upon a protected drive. Following the drawbridge, we turned to the right, following the road over the steep Gothic bridge, westward to reach the deserted village, a ruined castle, Kirstenstein. No Sylvian drive can be fancied prettier. The ground breaks in gentle hills and hollows, all clothed with beautiful wood, total destitution of the comparative formality which artificial planting and early culture and pruning impart. Irregularities of the ground often lead the road out of its course and cause it to wind beautifully round the sides of broken hollows and steeper sides of the hills, all among varieties of ground almost exhaustible. Turning one of these points, we suddenly encountered our old friend, the general, who went towards us, attended by a mounted servant. His perpetrators were following in a hired wagon. 
such as we can term a cart. General dismounted as we pulled up, and after his usual greetings, was easily persuaded to set the vacant seat in the carriage and sent his horse on with his servant to the Shalos. 